We continue with uh, this entrance into the, Chris, the Christmas mystery today. Throughout this season, we encounter the great mysteries of Jesus' early life. And we continue that progression, you could say, in today's solemnity of the Epiphany. It is a very pivotal moment in Scripture. This is the very first time that Christ is revealed to the Gentiles, to people who are not Jewish. Uh, the shepherds, of course, were followers uh, of Judaism. They were sons of Abraham. Uh, but the Magi are the very first people who are not children of Abraham to come and adore God, to come and adore the newborn king. The Epiphany, we also know that Christ is revealed as a light to the nations, symbolized by that star that they follow. But the Epiphany is also kind of the first time where the birth of Jesus begins to start affecting people, to really affect people's lives, to have a deep impact in the hearts and minds of people. And we get two very good examples of this in the gospel, in the examples of the Magi and in King Herod. Uh, this little child starts to have a really measurable impact on the lives of different people on earth. Because truth be told, brothers and sisters, both Herod and the Magi are directly challenged by this child who is so small and precious. They are directly challenged. So much of their lives is being directly challenged by this little baby. And we'll start with King Herod. Because the way that Herod was challenged was he was called to see his earthly kingship as a part of Christ's greater kingdom. That was the challenge for King Herod. Herod was a man who was obsessed with power and of holding on to it. He had two of his own sons killed in 7 BC because he thought that they were trying to usurp him. And so it is no surprise that if there were rumors of a child king born in Bethlehem, it is no surprise that Herod would react in the way that he did essentially go on a murderous rampage and try to eliminate the threat to his power. He wanted to eliminate any other claimant to his throne. And the irony, though, at least with this, is that Herod really wasn't a true king either. He wasn't the most powerful man. He was really just a caretaker put in place by the Romans, appointed to give the Romans a sense of legitimacy among the people, that the people could say, well, we have our own king, but not really, because Herod was very closely aligned with Rome. Caesar Augustus was the real emperor, the one with real authority, and even then, the Romans had their own governors to do their dirty work. Herod really didn't do very much at all. He didn't have any solid authority. He was a figurehead more than anything else. So how could this man, with seemingly no real power, be threatened by this child? We can look at Herod, brothers and sisters, and see in him someone who represents a worldview of radical individualism. Maybe you could say of radical autonomy, radical sovereignty, that is so present in our world today. Radical individualism only views the world through the lens of power, and specifically who might have power over me. That is how this worldview works. There is, a, there is a great hesitancy in individualism, 
to conform our lives to things that are beyond ourselves. And so we become the measure of our own morality and of our own truth. And that was certainly the case for King Herod. And to bow down to this newborn king, in order to do that, Herod would have to renounce the crown of individualism and of radical autonomy and radical sovereignty. And this is how so many people perceive Christ in our world today, brothers and sisters. They see him as a threat to our own individualism, to our own autonomy, to our own sovereignty. There's an adversarial relationship with the newborn king rather than one of humble service. And we see this played out in the person of King Herod. Christ seemingly threatening the control that we have over our lives. Threatening our decision-making power in our lifestyle. We see it almost as a threat. But the reality, brothers and sisters, is that the only thing that Christ threatens is evil. And the only thing that his truth threatens is error. If we somehow feel threatened like Herod did by, the, by Christ in any way, it's really our own sinfulness that's in danger. It's our sinfulness that is sort of showing itself in that moment. Radical individualism like King Herod had leaves no room for our lives to be governed by another. Instead, brothers and sisters, what we need and what Herod needed is a radical surrender to a king who rules with humility, governs with compassion, and judges with mercy. And that is exactly how the wise men, the magi, responded to Jesus by contrast to King Herod. These magi, brothers and sisters, were men of great power and influence, most likely from modern-day Persia or Iran. And they were men who were challenged by this newborn king in the area of truth, and who God is. These were astronomers. They were men who looked for truth in the stars, and they were pagans. And they were presented with this star in the sky that led them to this newborn king. And in reality, brothers and sisters, these men were presented with the truth of who God actually is, as opposed to who they thought God was, and their desire to find truth in the cosmos. They were presented with the real truth, as opposed to a counterfeit. And yet these magi did not see Jesus as a threat to their preconceived beliefs. No, they welcomed him into their hearts as the source of all truth. These were men who changed their entire belief system through this encounter with Jesus. They abandoned paganism and embraced Jesus. That is how radical they surrendered their hearts to this newborn king. And so we see two completely different approaches to how to reverence and how to approach the Christ child. Two radically different responses to his presence. We have openness to truth on one hand and, and clinging to error in the other. Receptivity to goodness on one side and holding on to wrong on the other. While Herod was seemingly threatened by Jesus and responded with violence, the Magi were captivated by Jesus and responded with worship instead. So when Jesus inevitably challenges us, brothers and sisters, when our sins are confronted with truth, may we have the humility to respond not with anger and aggression, 
but renounce the crown of our individualism. Lay it at the feet of Jesus and serve his kingdom instead.